listening to Sound Off. You want to vent? Call now, 218-722-0839 or 888-KDAL610. And remember, you can always listen to Sound Off on your time by downloading Brad's podcast at KDAL610.com. Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, here we are. We are back this afternoon, and we have in the house with us, of course, our good friend Peter Wood. And Peter, I would consider this saga two of the Ed Belfour uh, saga. Last last month, we met one of the finest goalies of all time, who has really, uh, after getting out of professional hockey, has really kind of cut a niche for himself. In the uh, in the development, uh, br- uh, branding, and making of a uh, great whiskey product for all of us here in this world, and uh, and today we're going to carry it a step further. Why don't you introduce your guests and talk a little bit about where we're going today? Well, thanks, Brad, and folks out there willing to listen. I do appreciate it very greatly because it was a pleasure having El Belfour on last month. And we may, we, Brad, we may have to continue this one more month into this because I don't think we're going to get through enough of it to be justifiable. So I already asked Travis, and hopefully we can get Eddie back on the end of next month, hopefully. We'll see how things go here, but it was very exciting to have him. But do we got today, folks, we got Travis Yake. He's a logger, third-generation logger out of the Ozark part of Missouri, the Springfield, Branson area, and he's third-generation. And he's carrying on the family tradition, and he is a logger that does supply wood for this kind of material for for material for for alcohol consumption. But anyway, right. tra- tra- Travis, are you there? I'm here. How you doing? Great, great. It's great to hear your voice. <laughs> Could you talk? Tell the folks a little bit about yourself, there, Travis, so they get a feel for uh, where you're from, what you do, your family a little bit. Well, I have to. I have to follow the hockey superstar. I, you know, it's 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 going to be awful tough. But, but no, um, I, a third third generation logger. This is all I've ever done. Um, I probably could have done some other things in life, and sometimes I think I should have. It's uh, you know, logging stuff. But uh, but it's been good to me. Um, yeah, just uh, I got into the master logger program in 2010, and um, that that's a national thing that um, they come by and they kind of eyes are on us, you know, um, are we doing, doing right by the land? We doing right by the trees, the residual and all of that kind of stuff. And so, uh, um, like, Hey guys, I, I was listening to your forecast there in the break and I'm kind of glad I'm where I'm at. <laughs> you guys are really cold up there. But, uh, you don't want five but, below down there. Not well, you know. I could use it on the logging job I'm on right now because it's a little wet. But, but, uh, but I don't like that around the house. So, yep. So yeah, but uh, but for sure, no. Um, I'm Missouri born and bred. Um, just I'm uh, I'm in the show me state. So you have to show me uh, down here. And uh, anyway, I met Ed. Actually, it was it was it was kind of strange. I was hauling a load of stave logs. And uh, he calls me, and 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 I knew the name, uh, but I didn't know where I knew the name. And he said he was in, you know, twenty years in the NHL. And and I apologized to him. I said, "Man, I'm sorry. I'm not a hockey fan. I I don't really know who you are. I kind of know who you are, but I don't know who you are." And he goes, "That's fine. That that's okay." And and I said, "What can I do for you?" And and he he explained to me that he has gotten into the spirits business and was having trouble getting barrels. In fact, 
fact, they just about completely shut him off because there's a worldwide shortage of whiskey barrels and wine barrels. And so he decides that he's going to make his own. And to do that, he has to put in a stave mill, and he has to buy logs from guys like me, which is the main reason he was calling me, is to see if he was going to be able to get a flow of wood to uh, to complete this endeavor. And uh, anyway, that's how that all kind of started. And then uh, him and I actually became pretty good friends. He's a great guy. I mean, he's 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 nicer than he is famous, uh, I like to tell people. I mean, he wow, just he's very really upfront. Great. Very determined, determined. The guy is just, I asked him, I said, are you crazy? And he said, no. And I said, well, you realize what's in Yeah, that's fine. I want to do it. And my family had been in the business, and so I, I kind of know how to make them and uh, what it takes. And so anyhow, that's how the connection between me and Ed Belfort happened. And uh, since we've right. become pretty good friends, we play golf together every once in a while, and he's in Missouri about every week now. So, Okay. Yeah. Tra- Travis, this is Brad Bennett, and uh, you had you. How are you? And you're oh, talking great. to us from your logging truck, right? I, I, I am actually that. in a truck stop. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to get a load of stave logs. Actually, uh, when I leave here, uh, yeah, we we're okay. full time loggers. That's what we do. So I'm well, taking a mini vacation I... by being down here, folks. You know that. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. Well, Travis, the question I had for you is, had you done this kind of uh, making casts for other uh, uh, distributors my, my, before my, this? Well, in the early 90s, when the quote-unquote wine boom happened, uh, right. my dad, which he was pretty entrepreneurial anyway, um, he decides that he's going to start making these staves, which is the individual boards that it takes to make the barrel. And he kind of sought out. We had already been trading logs around the world. We we've been exporters since before I was born. And he he ran into a guy in France that wanted some American oak, especially Missouri oak, because our huh. while while our trees aren't as nice looking as they are in other states north. You guys have beautiful trees up there. Um, the, as yeah. far as the the look and the texture and all that stuff. It's colder, longer, your grains are tighter, you know, it's just better. But when it comes to spirits, it's about flavor. And Missouri had really been kicking everybody's tail on on flavor. You know, these sommeliers would come in and these professional tasters, that's what they do, would come in and they would do these blind taste, blind taste tests. And Missouri just kept winning, hands down. You know, they wow. didn't know where it was from. Anything, they, you know, they were they were just they were there to judge what was in front of them, and they just kept picking Missouri, Missouri, Missouri. So, something in our soil and our limestone shelf rock down here puts something into that tree that makes those spirits taste so good. And the large, in fact, the largest barrel manufacturer in the world is in Missouri, not far from where I live. It's a company called Independent Stave, and they are the world's largest. They make more than anybody. They have offices all wow. around the world, and and so so it's it's been a big stave. You know, barrels have been a big deal in Missouri for a long time. And yeah. when we started to rise to the top, as far as flavor profiles go, that say no more. I mean, they 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 had to have it. So we got into that business in the early '90s and made. A lot, mostly wine staves, which are wider boards than than whiskey um, staves are. But 
Okay. Um, that, that, that went great for a long time. And, uh, and so I, I had that background in that business. And so that's how Ed got a hold of me. And, and that's, that's Travis, how give us today. a, Travis, give us a little bit of idea about what, what goes into making a cask? I, I know that there's well, you have start, to wood start, you have to wood fire yeah. these things. Is that what you're talking? You have well, to heat it, them? It, well, let's 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 get let's go let's go before that. Let's go to me, okay. which I'm buying the tree standing. Okay, so when okay. I go out to a landowner that has called me, I come out and and I identify which trees in there that that need to be sold because of you know, um, health issues or market timing and, and this and that. And, and I ask them what their goals are. And so once we establish a plan, then I go through and I pick these trees and we cut them. We cut these white on the white oak side. We cut the white oak trees down. And then actually the first uh, log really is the only part of that tree that's going to be used for the barrel because that's the clear part with no knots. Oh. You can't have knots in staves. Uh, a knot is a hole, and a hole sure. will make a barrel leak. So, yep. so it takes it takes that. Then, when when the trees are harvested, they're cut to length. They go into um, a, a stave mill, and they cut those into well, most of the time it's forty two inch bolts. So we try to cut our logs in seven foot, ten foot, fourteen foot, seventeen foot, and twenty one foot, so that we get that magical forty two inch bolt. And they don't have sure. much waste in it. So then those bolts are cut 42, and then you're, you've got a, a looks like a long piece of firewood. They'll go in and they'll they'll half that piece of fire that that log that bolt, and then they quarter that bolt. They half it and half it. So you've got four quarters. Then those quarters go through um, a bandsaw and get flipped every time that they go through, and that's how you end up with what's called quarter sawn wood. And it takes quarter sawn wood to make barrels. So once it goes through that first saw, then it's going to go down a sap line where they take the sap off because you throw the sap wood away, which is the white wood that you see on all trees. They throw throw that away. And then they go down the heart line and they cut the heart out because every piece has got a piece of the heart in it, which is the very center of the log. That's waste. So basically the two inches in the middle and all of the sap wood is thrown away. And you're left with that, what I'm calling the ring, which is minus the two-inch heart and minus the sap. Those are what sure. it takes to make the barrels, individual staves. And so, um, and then there's and the, several other then, processes. That, well, that that, that's what I was wondering, Travis, because okay. I know that you have to bend those then. You have to yep, heat them yep. and bend you do, them. Do, and, you, 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 know. you actually, they will go in and, and they will hog out some of the middle or some of the inside to make the capacity okay. a little bit bigger. Not much, but some. But then they taper the ends because to have a barrel shaped the way a barrel is shaped, the ends have to be tapered more than sure. the center. So sure. then they stand those up in a ring and however many it takes to make the to make the circle. And then they'll put a, um, a piece of steel in the inside and then they'll run a cable up it and then they'll draw that barrel closed. Then they'll leave it banded. It's open on the top and open on the bottom, which is your heading pieces, the end, the top and the bottom of the barrel. Then they'll run it over your fire. You were talking about um, toasting. And um, depending on what the the prescription is, light, medium, heavy, super heavy, alligator, you know, burnt almost completely up. It depends on who it's going to and how they like it. 
And then the, the head, which is the top and the bottom of the barrel, is actually made from the staves that might have had these 42-inch staves that might have had a knot that they had to cut out. And so they end up with these shorter pieces, and then those shorter pieces are wood pinned together, and then they cut the circle and they bevel the, in, the, the outside, and then they tuck it in and draw her up wow. and bander. So there's that, a, it's a lot, of, that, it, a lot of a process. It, it sounds to me almost like an art to put one of those barrels it, it together. Is. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. These guys are craftsmen, and, and they're very good at it. And you can imagine uh, they would need to be because if they air test these barrels when they're done and then they liquid test them, if you've got a leak, guess what? It's got to come apart. So sure. you don't want to have to take any more apart than you have to. But that's also the reason that it takes true white oak to do it, because white oak has the chemical properties to hold liquid. When you These barrels aren't tongue and grooved. They're just staves are butted up against each other. And okay. when liquid hits it, then they seal, kind of weld themselves oh, together. Oh, I see. Sure. And, and, and white oak is the only one that will do that and will take the bend. Most other, even in the white oak group, you know, post oak and and uh, chestnut and some of that will bust when they try to put it through this process because the properties in the wood aren't the same as they are in white oak. So, well, Travis, we are a uh, we're a commercial uh, radio station here, so we're going to have to take a commercial break. So, hang on to your thought here. Uh, when we come back, we'll have Peter and you talk a little bit more about the process that goes into these barrels and the curing of the barrels. Uh, but let's take our break, uh, and then we'll come back and uh, get more into this. This is really interesting stuff. At least to me it is, I'll tell you that. We'll be right back. Uh, Peter, we're going to come back to you uh, and your guest, uh, Travis Yates. We were just uh, talking a little bit about how a barrel is produced, how it's put together, and, and only certain kinds of wood can be made into this, and it's what, white is it white pine, white fir? White, what it, is it? It's white oak, and it's a very white tough oak. Okay. White oak, oak. And I always had this question there, uh, Travis: is why, why are the barrels shaped the way they are? They're the, they're the only ones that are shaped like that. You know, like uh, oil barrels and other barrels, they're all shaped like a cylinder. Do you have any well, clue why it, they're shaped like that? It, you know, you know. I think it's one of those things where that's the way it was always done. And, you know, the barrels are, are not new. They've been around for, you know, centuries. Uh, people have been been putting all kinds of products in them. Um, and there are more products stored in those now than you maybe even realize. You know, most of your hot sauces and stuff um, are, are in those. Um, they're in there for the flavor, and they're in there for the tradition of that. Um, and so I guess probably originally it started out of necessity. You know, that's what they had to build the stuff with. So uh, and then they realized, wow, it puts a pretty good flavor in it, too. What happens if you burn it? You know, and so you know, one thing led to another, led to another. And here we are today. I wonder if it was if you when you were saying the history way back, I wonder if it was to help the workers upend them. So they get that little bit of roll to them and Probably, they never changed you know, it. If you, yeah, if you ever see them uh, handling, you know, a 59-gallon a barrel is empty as heavy. Uh, it is, huh? But when they, when they handle them in the rickhouses and stuff, you'll see them. They kind of bounce them. They flip them. You know, they, they roll them around, and then they use the, the shape of the barrel to actually help with the, the energy it takes to stand them up or flip them over. 
And and so and then of course they still roll very good. And when they're that shape, you'll see a track through the rick house, and it rolls perfectly down it because of the shape of it. We so answered our own question it, there. Yeah, 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 it has a lot to do with it. But but I think that originally, you know, there was not anybody making uh, steel barrels in you know way 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 back. <laughs> I don't think uh, bourbon and whiskey would taste too good coming out of a steel Probably barrel. Not. Probably wouldn't work Probably too good. Not. No, no. That's why or White out Oak of a is plastic so barrel or something. No. Yeah, yeah. That's why White Oak is so important. You know, people they just they don't think about what it took to make that bourbon taste or scotch for that matter. You know, that's in a used bourbon barrel. Most of them. Uh, what it took to make that taste that way, and and it's White Oak. Um, would you be willing to, uh, Travis, go back and talk a little bit now? Like when you do a job site in your part of the country, you're not taking all the trees out. You're selectively no. cutting and you're you're marking right. the trees. Uh, right. Could you elaborate a little bit on that and also elaborate on one yeah. of your customers, how picky he got about it, and you came through loud and clear how to do it. But oh, yeah. could you talk yeah. about that? Uh, well, you know, in any any job site, the first thing that I always ask anybody is, what are your goals and what is your plan? And some of them, like up here in the north, um, they're trying to make their crop fields bigger, so they're taking them out and they're not ever coming back because they want more corn, more beans, you know, and it's about okay, sure. expanding, expanding their basis there. Uh, in the south, it's mainly just forest management. because it's, Here's the thing, guys. Trees are just plants. They're just large, woody plants. If I were to plant a garden and walk off and leave it, what would happen? Uh, the weeds would take over. They would suck the life out of the vegetable plants that you were trying to trying to propagate, and it would be a mess. Nothing. It wouldn't look good, and it, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't serve its purpose. So, I ask them what their goals are, and and most of most people have one timber sale in their life when it comes to oak wood like we're we're talking about here guys because it takes a long time to grow these trees um 80 to 120 30 years you know have i cut them older than that absolutely have i cut them younger than that sure you know um but it takes a long time to do it so what we do is when i go into a a a track my first thing is what the landowner wants to do because it's his trees his ground it's his plan what's he want to do I've walked away from, from some things because I didn't like his plan. I didn't like what he where he was going with it, and I didn't believe in it, so I didn't do it. Because every time I do a job, I want to be able to say, yep, I did that. And, you know, especially with the, the master logger thing, they audit me every two years. So I have to give them, you know, a stack of contracts, and they pick three or four out of that stack, and they want to go see them. So I go whoa, back. Whoa, wait a wait wait a minute here. Wait a minute. I think we just heard something, Peter, that I had not been aware of. Travis is a master logger, and that you mm-hmm. have to uh, you have to refile and get that yeah, you, uh, you get certification every, every couple years. years. Yep. Wow. Yep. It's a national. It's a national board too. It's not a state thing. It's not a Missouri thing. It's a national thing. And um, okay. yeah, I I got into it. I think I was number five in Missouri that that got into it. And it's, you know, it's basically just being recognized for doing the right thing. There, there are a lot of bad actors in every facet of business. It doesn't matter, you know, what you're talking plumbers, you know, roofers, uh, and loggers sure. are no different. So when you do the right thing and you're, you're proud of your work, uh, why not? 
be a part of that. Absolutely. So that's why, so that's why I got into that. And, and uh, it's, it's paid some dividends too. You know, it's some people that it means something to, there's a lot of them. It doesn't mean anything to, but, but a lot of these corporate landowners and stuff, it means something to them because they know that they're going to get a good job because I, I, they hold my feet to the fire. Sure, sure. That makes absolute sense to me. Well, Travis, we have to take our CBS uh, news here at the bottom of the hour. So, again, hold your fire. We're going to come back to you shortly with you and Peter. Fascinating stuff. I I can't wait to get into this a little deeper here. But let's take our CBS news, and then we'll come back. Giant Redwood, the larch, the fir, the mighty Scots pine, the smell of fresh-cut timber. The crash of mighty trees. With my best girl by my side, we'd sing, sing, sing. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. Sing it, Pete. He's a lumberjack and he's I can't okay. sing. Well, Brad, you sing it. Well, I shouldn't be singing it. That's actually Peter wrote and uh, and actually recorded that song, I think. Didn't you, Peter? If I try and bellow right now, Kenny will shut the mic off right there. <laughs> Well, he's done that with me a few times, too. Okay, so guys, so Peter, yep. um, we we now have found out that these barrels have to be made a little bit kind of, uh, I, I don't know what you would call them, a little bit rounded on the ends. I, I think, I, <laughs> I shouldn't be bringing this up, I suppose, because it's a different manufacturer or a different, different whiskey distributor, but I saw a video one time about Lynchburg. You know, that's that place where they make, uh, I think they make Jack Daniels or something down there. Anyway, they they were showing casks on shelves, and the casks kind of fit in to these harnesses so that they lay rocked right in. And the guy was explaining that as the casks are sitting there aging, they very easy can take them and spin them, move them around so that the product inside gets full fermentation on all sides of the barrel. Sounds like a great question for Eddie because <laughs> the, I th- it makes sense. It's kind of like they're churning yeah. it, stirring it, mixing it a yeah. little bit, that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, that's yeah. why I'm hoping uh, we'll have to talk to him about that one here uh, really soon. But uh I'm not sure on how to answer that right now, Brad, but we'll find out for sure. But I got a question for, for Travis here about the Coopers a little bit a little more because those are the one. It's Coopers, right? Is that what you call them? Yeah, the Cooper the Coopers are the one the craftsmen that build the barrels. That's what their official okay. term is. And that has to be handed down to understand how to do it. I've seen it, it one time how fast they make those barrels and put those stives in there, yeah. boom, 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 boom. And uh, all the barrels yeah. are, what, 42 inches high or something like that? Most of, most, most of them you're going to get is 52 to 59 gallon is kind of what they shoot for. But, but yeah, um, in a lot of these um, uh, cooperages, they, the sons pick up when the dad retires. And, I mean, it's a family biz on that, too. It really sure. is. And. And they 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 wear that proudly too. They're they're good at it. They know they're good at it, and they're going to tell you they're good at it. So, which is you Travis, know, in, in my world, I like those kind of guys. You know, they're a little cocky, but but they do they yeah. do, but they're constantly yeah. trying to do better. So, well, Travis, I was amazed when you mentioned that that these uh, the slots in the in the barrels or in the casks 
do not interlock with each other. They they no. aren't tongue and groove. They're just no. they swell with the product to close up right. the gaps in them. Right, right, yep. Um, you know, back years and years and years ago, you know, all the ships were made of white oak. Um, white oak will, will obviously bond together the best, last the longest, and uh, and, sure. and build the best ships there were. So. Yeah, it's it's a very very important tree. In my opinion, it's it's the most important tree. Um, I cut more walnut than I do anything else, but walnut as a luxury wood. Uh, white oak is something uh-huh. we need. You know, yeah. um, walnut looks good, but hey, you can you know put stain on something to make it look like walnut. White oak is white oak, and and it it is by far the most important tree in my mind that we have. Do- can they, uh, and I don't know, I, I would imagine you can answer this, Travis, but do they reuse these barrels? In other words, sure. let, let's say the barrel sure. has sat there for 30 years and the product is sure. cured and made a beautiful, great bourbon out of it. Sure. You yeah. uh, put it into you, your anybody, bottles. Can you reuse that? Absolutely. And and they're starting to really advertise it as that, and, and that is a marketing tool. And there are some, uh, some scotches out there that, you know, um, Balvini, for for instance, uses um, rum cask, and their their flavor profile is is definitely you're picking up the rum in their in that particular whiskey, and it's from that. Um, most all tequila is in used spirits barrels, used whiskey barrels. Um, uh, scotch used spirits barrels also. So the used barrels a lot of times are worth just as much or more than new barrels, but there are some manufacturers, some distilleries, some wineries, some some companies that will only use them once because they believe that they get the best out of it once and they will not put their product back in it. Huh. Um, and then there, yeah, there, there's so many different scenarios with that um, and all trying to achieve a different goal. But the bottom line is it's about taste. It's about flavor. And they're very secretive, some of them, about how they achieve that, you know, whether you were talking about these rick houses, which that's what they call these buildings with shelves with the barrels on them is a rick house. The temperature okay. difference in a rick house, well, they have elevators in them. They move these barrels around because the maturization process is different at different temperatures. So sure, a lot sure. of these whiskeys now, you know, they're advertised eight or ten years old. A lot of times they're shuffled around in that rickhouse. They're not; they don't start and end right there in the same spot. So, so yeah, there's there's a whole lot to that. Um, and like I say, a lot of it is secretive. Um, they don't want you to know their their secrets. Oh, just how big are well, these rickhouses? I imagine they look oh, like probably are, buildings or stories. Biggest ones I've ever seen out there in in Kentucky. They had to be three hundred fifty to five hundred feet long. Uh, a lot of them, and for super tall, you know, their their thing yeah. is, is height because of the difference in the humidity and the temperature and and all that stuff. They have they figured out that that's what they need to make that happen. And the way that it's vented, even you'll see um, gaps in it where airflow can flow through it. Um, yeah. So how many stories high would you guess? Some of these, I'm picturing this building is the size of a uh, football field. One that was I was in one that was I, I think it was it was five five stories um and you know it's just row after row after row of them so that'd be impressive 
Peter, do you remember when we had uh, Eddie on, uh, did he tell us how many barrels he wanted to get ahead so that he would really be in the game? I know he'd mentioned that he had to get so many barrels uh, so that he was really in this 100%. Yeah, Travis would be able to answer that way better than me. It's a a very long process, So, and it's got to start at some point. So you're starting from ground zero. When you fill that barrel, you're day one. Um, and it's all about age with a lot of these bourbons and whiskeys and scotches yeah. and so forth. Yeah. It's age. You know, you can go you can go buy a, a, a four-year-old or a five-year-old for a third the price that a 10-year-old is going to cost. Um, oh, it's because geez. the extra time in the barrel makes it taste that much richer, that much, you know, sure. the color's even different. So. So yeah, they most of these distilleries have scientists on staff that their job is to create and keep recreating these profiles. How many barrels so, do you think they have on hand, Travis? Would you guess? I mean, it's it's got to be. I, you know, that would that's that's the sixty four thousand dollar question, Pete. I don't know. I know that uh, companies like Brown Foreman that own Jack Daniels, you know, the, those outfits. It's you know they try to Damn. spit out ten thousand a day. You know, uh, ten? did you say 10? 10,000. 10, yeah. Oh, my. So, but you think about that's it. Just you know, to, it like a that's lot, just to but... keep up with my consumption, Peter. <laughs> well, there, there You're you going to be singing Dixie now. <laughs> there you go. I need to come up with fish and I'll, and I'll, and we can, we can talk about it over a bourbon. So, okay, there you go. Well, listen, guys, hang on a little bit. We have to take our last break of the hour here, and then we're going to come back to you. So, uh, we're going to take our Minnesota news break, and then we'll be back with Travis Yates and, of course, with Peter Wood from Let the Sawdust Fly. We'll be right back. Ah, yes. Coming back with a little woodchopper's ball. Well, Peter and, and uh, Travis, I'll tell you, when, when we talked uh, to Mr. Belfort the first time, I realized, and I realized again today, he had to be serious about getting into this business because you know what? Yeah. Uh, you, don't just, yeah. you don't just decide no. one day that you're going to make a bourbon and, and make no. a profit because you no. might not even be able to sell your product for years. Yeah, yeah, he's... He is so determined. I mean, he when that man says he's going to do something, he's going to do it, and and he means it. And and he's he's already, you know, he's he, the funny thing is, guys, this thing we're talking about starts with me and ends with Ed. Ed's made. He's got a recipe for his for his juice that he puts in these barrels to get this product that he wants. He's got a formula in mind for how long to put them and where to put them and how to handle them and all that stuff. His end of it's really tougher than mine, but they both take experience, and they both rely on each other. You know, I like bourbon, so guess what? He's my bourbon maker. He yeah. likes to be able to <laughs> well, make the bourbon, so I'm his logger. Yep. So there you go. Well, and and I'll tell you what, he sent me a, a bottle of his product, and I got to try it out, and it is superb product. But you know the thing that amazed me is how intricate detailed he went, even to the glass bottle that it was oh, yeah. shown on and yeah. sold with. Yeah, yeah. I've got some of those in my bar at home, and everybody wants to touch them and look at them and, 
And they're no doubt they're very expensive. He didn't spare any expense uh, when he did it. But oh, when no. you're putting something, you know, your your heart and soul into that product, you want people to remember it. You want people yeah. to admire it. And so he's doing a wonderful job. His daughter Reagan well, and, is, I think, his marketing person. She does great. Yes, so. yes, that's what that's what he said. And uh, of course, it's a family operation, but he's put his yeah. name on it, so he wants to make sure it's successful. You know, absolutely. Yep, yep. And the quickest way to learn anything is to pull your checkbook out, uh, and that's what's done. <laughs> Well, tell you what, Brad, yeah. Brad, I believe we're going to run out of time here really quick, so I'm going to try and get Travis and Ed on. Uh, normally, I never tell anybody who's coming on until I let you two know, Kenny and Brad. Okay. I don't let anybody know. And now I'm letting nobody out there. Don't you know? keep kind of to yourself out there, folks listening. I'm going to try and get Eddie on and Travis on next month to continue this on because we got, I got a grocery list of stuff here. Uh, I got a grocery list of stuff we didn't get to, but I'm hoping they can do it. So... If you guys know, anybody out there knows uh, Ed, give him a holler and say, you got to get back on the radio. <laughs> yeah, you got to get back on the radio. we got to talk to you again. He, he must have had for years while he was still playing hockey, he must have had this thought rolling around because it's it's sure. well thought yeah. out, it's well yeah. detailed, it's well designed, you know. Yeah, his grandparents actually were, were making a little on their own years ago, so He's kind of continuing on. He didn't realize it, I don't think, at the time that he decided he was going to do it. But he found out that, you know, hey, he's not the first Bell Four to do this. So <laughs> that's kind of cool. That's really cool. That is excellent. It's fun to hear those history stories. It really is. Yeah. yeah. His son, Dane, is, is super, too. He's he's a younger fellow. He's about my son's age. and But he's, he's, in, he's all in. And, and he's got a very good understanding of how to make this product and and you know he's figured these secrets out, so wow, it's awesome. a lot of research, lots. It sounds oh, like absolutely, to me. and yeah, and this yeah, was a this hurt. was a guy. This was a guy that was one of the top professional hockey goalies for years oh, yeah. and years. I mean, he was yeah. number one. I mean, he was just yeah. he was like yeah. the guy that stopped to shut the door on you. <laughs> I, yeah. After you know, and, and the, the funny thing is, I didn't know him when I first talk to him and met him but i do now and when i look at him yeah. now i'm thinking wow unbelievable yeah. after we did the show i watched some of his highlights in hockey oh. and i thought oh. oh my was this guy something wow oh he yeah really was. anyway catch you yeah. next month thank you so much folks. all right thank you thank you travis we'll look forward to you talking bet. to you again and uh, everybody we'll be back with our number three shortly right here on sound off on 610 kdal